so, yeah, and they're banging in the pool. There's a fucking orgy going on in the pool. Got to clean the pool. Yeah. If the movie has any redeeming quality whatsoever, it's just fucking rope. Crapolet. Crapolet. This whole story yes. is Crapolet. <laughs> <laughs> Good evening and welcome back to What the Sock. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah. <laughs> What's up, guys? We're back. We're in Living Color. We're live in studio. No, we're not live in studio, but we are back. Yeah, welcome to episode number 14 for season three. Uh, I'm your host, Chris. Joining me always is James. What's up, my brother? Not much, man. So this this episode is is not part of our uh, season long giveaway DVD bundle shit because nope, we want to do something special because one, we're both fans of Eddie Murphy. Yep, very much so. Very much so. And two, uh, he released a sequel recently on Amazon, Coming to America, the second Coming to America, and in appreciation of that, we decided we let's. Let's take a stab at one of his shittier movies. Um, yep, one of his shittier, and I think his only actual horror movie. No, that's not that's not true. We'll get to that in a second. Real quick, I just want to ask James. Okay, coming to America, the first one. Uh huh. What are your thoughts on it, real quick? I absolutely loved it. Okay, Masterpiece is freaking hilarious. I love when he does multiple characters. Him and Arsenio Hall were hilarious. I mean cameos of some very big stars who weren't so big back then like samuel l as the uh armed robber and stuff mm-hmm. like that but it was just very well done i love the barbershop guys reverend brown sexual chocolate sexual you chocolate know, that's right that's you right. know that's right randy, randy watson watson that's okay. right i agree i think coming to america is a classic and One of best we can't forget the brief cameo by the Duke brothers. Oh, that's right. <laughs> the, the homeless, the homeless yep. Duke brothers on the yep. sidewalk. The, that was awesome. Yep, the, one of the few Easter eggs in that movie. But yeah. Okay. So what about coming to America? The second one? What did you think? I thought it was hilarious. I actually enjoyed it a lot. Some people thought it was great. Some people thought it was a redo. I, I found it very funny. I mean, there were some parts in it were like, eh, but for the most part, I laughed. I thought, you know, Lisa, her character, Queen Lisa, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. she was hilarious. Yeah. She was hilarious in she the was. movie. Unexpectedly hilarious. Yeah. Um, especially when she got drunk. Yeah. <laughs> I love the fact they brought back, at the end, they brought back Randy. They brought back Peaches. Mm-hmm. All know, the two the girls, the two right, rapping yeah. girls and stuff. Uh-huh. Yep. And it was hilarious. They got the bar, then they still had the barber guys. I mean, it was hilarious. Very well done. Uh, they aged them well, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I know it's been 30 years and half them old dudes probably have been dead. Yeah. Oh, they, they would have been for sure. Yeah. They were, they were old in the first one. Yeah, they were, but yeah, I, I loved it. I thought it was well written as a good take and it was a good feel good movie. It was a good bounce back. And I was, I was just really happy to see him back in the theater again. Cause I do love it. He's hilarious. I'm glad Arsenio got some mm-hmm. work, you know, cause I like Arsenio Hall as yeah. well. So I enjoyed okay. it. I really, really did. Even James Earl, James Earl Jones, haven't trying to have him kill. I love that part when he comes in and he's like, uh, "How are you doing this morning, Father?" or something like that. And Simi tells him he's already had me. He's already tried to have me killed seven <laughs> times. So he said, "So he's his old self yeah. right now." You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
So what did you think? You know, I thought it was okay. It was it was um nothing's gonna gonna um recapture the magic of the first one. Uh, there, there was quite a bit of fan service in there, which you would expect because um, Amazon wants to make sure that they that people know that this is, I guess, a sequel, or whatever. But um, it was good. Uh, I probably won't watch it again. Whereas I've watched the first one probably at least twice a year, every year for the last thirty odd years. You know, yeah, um, don't get tired bad. of it. Uh, I am a I am a fan of the. Um, the comedian who played his son, Jermaine Fowler, I think he's hilarious anyway. <laughs> um, he has a lot. Of, he has a lot of hilarious skits on YouTube, so I was happy, actually happy to see him um, in this movie. But it was okay. Um, I, I think the thing that really kind of annoyed me the most uh-huh. were the um, the scenes where they. Well, okay. Actually, that, that's. I I didn't like that they constantly <laughs> snuck in a bunch of um, scenes from the first one in there as sort of flashbacks or whatever. I that's, agree. That's very um, lazy writing, and it's also just a way to pad the runtime because they have, they don't have a long enough movie. Um, I also didn't like that one of the funniest scenes in the first one, when two of them are on going on uh, at the club, and they're having sort of a speed dating thing. Um, uh-huh. they took that and then they added to it, uh, using like de-aging and added an extra scene to that, which is where Murphy meets, uh, his son's mother the first time. Um, yep. the de-aging on Murphy and, uh, Arsino Hall looked absolutely horrendous. It looked so bad. They looked like plastic dolls. Um, <laughs> and I get, they probably don't have a huge budget, but like, there's really no reason to, to have that scene. You can just say it and not show it. Um, I yeah, I, I felt that was, that was cheap. It was cheap putting all the, all the scenes from the first one in because then I'm, I, I was watching, I was like, I just want to go back and watch the first one again. Cause it was so damn good. And you're showing me scenes from it. Yeah. So I'm going to go watch it again. But yeah, that that's true. You, you're right. I, that lazy writing is a very, very good term. Uh, like I said, I did recognize that a lot. I was sitting there going, they're repeating a lot of this mm-hmm. stuff. Um, uh, you know, I was like, what the hell? You know, I was like, You'd want a little bit of freshness. I mean, I mean, I get it. 30 years have passed and all that. Now, the ending scene, like I said, when they brought back all the old characters, they brought back Watson and all them and the mm-hmm. Reverend, and they're all there at the palace at the end, that would have been great as yeah. is. The rest of it should have been original writing, no no copy. Yeah. Now, when he did the barber scene and stuff like that, that wasn't redone. I mean, yeah, they were acting the same kind of banter, but they didn't say the same kind right. of lines. They didn't say the same kind of stuff. Uh, but, yeah, a lot of it, you know, the, the, you know, the McDowell's, it was hilarious that they moved the McDowell's. Oh, they, to, they opened to... one up in Zamunda. Yeah. <laughs> up in Zamunda. Yeah. But I also think yeah. it suffered from um, today's culture as well because you can definitely tell it was – it was a lot. It was a lot more PC than the original was. Um, like the bar, the yes. barbershop scene in the first one uh, was not PC, and this one was more PC New. because just just the, the culture for today. Um, but also, yeah. Um, yeah, having having it wasn't like they just talked about things they did in the in, in the first one. They showed literally they literally showed clips from the first one in this one mm-hmm. as quote unquote flashbacks. Yeah, and, and I was annoyed by that because that that just you you. I know it's a sequel, but you don't want to rely too much on the first one to help yeah. sell your second one like that. You know, hey man, a little nostalgia, a little nostalgia yeah. is good, but don't don't throw it in every ten minutes. Right. The other you thing know, is, 
Arsenio Hall's role as a general, that whole subplot, you could have taken that whole thing out and it wouldn't have changed the movie at all. Like nope. that literally did not need to be in there. He he had no use in there. His, every time he was on screen, he was he was annoying as shit. And I was like, I don't even like this entire subplot. Like, take this shit out. <laughs> you know, because I'm like, think about the first one. Think about the first one. The first one has no real villain. It's no, it purely, does not. It's purely Eddie Murphy mm-hmm. wanting. I mean, if you want to, if you want to call him a villain, it's it's his father because he's telling him you have until this time you're you're going to come back, and you're going to you know marry this woman because that's just how it's done here. Yep. But there's no real actual villain. By the way, real quick, the fact that that woman has been doing that, that that oh that, God. character been barking and hopping on one for leg the last 40 years for the last that is hilarious that was funny that was a funny <laughs> shit because <laughs> he never released her from that he, that was never released shit. her from the curse yeah and she was all raggedy looking poor mm-hmm. vanessa bell oh yeah there's no real villain so like there's no real like the only the, the conflict is family conflict and internal conflict and, and that's all you need for a movie like that so then mm-hmm. to add this conflict with this villain with this general from a neighboring village or whatever, it's totally unnecessary. You don't need to have a villain if there wasn't a villain in the first one. That's now, it. Granted, that goes back to what we were talking about earlier. You know, do something original that is original compared to the first one, but it's not a good original. Yeah. You know, like we said, you, you could take him out and it wouldn't affect the movie any. It'd still be, it's still hold up on its own. But, you know, they had to have Semi thrown in there, so... Well, yeah, Semi, of course. That's he's not a villain, though. But, oh, yeah. but you talking about you talking about Wesley Snipes then? Wesley Snipes, yeah. Because you said Arsenio at first. Sorry. Well, no, no. I, sorry, I, I meant I meant Wesley Snipes and his whole general thing. Yeah, we didn't need that. No, take that out. But again, I watched it. I enjoyed it. I I I, uh, I liked it. Um, I, I wasn't upset by it. I wasn't disappointed by it. Um, but it wasn't a Eddie Murphy classic like the first one was. Oh hell no. No, but so, I am like I said. I am glad to see him back working in the theaters again because I really I've missed his humor. He's hilarious. Yeah, to me. but he he unfortunately it's just how it is. I guess when they get older, he you know his his early career was all rated R stuff, mm-hmm. and then as he gets older, they I guess they are not the draw they was they were before. So then they want to draw more people in the theaters they have to go to pg-13 yeah they want to clean their act up because they're getting close to dying want to make sure they get into heaven so they got to clean the shit up i don't i don't think it's that i don't think they give a shit about that i think it's the fact that they want to get more people in the seats and get more tickets and get more money they don't give a shit about heaven yeah yeah so they 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 clean it up so they can have more people in the theater Mm. they start making pg-13 and and then they they're not funny anymore but uh anyway so so saying all that we wanted to go ahead and take a look at his um his okay, so this is only okay. So the movie today is Vampire Brooklyn. Just so, so we get that out the way. Blue, blue, blue. Yeah, Vampire Brooklyn. It's actually, <laughs> it's it's only one of the three times that Eddie Murphy has starred in a supernatural themed movie. Huh. So this was 1995. Okay. Prior to this, he was in The Golden Child in '86. A masterpiece. Holy that is shit. masterpiece. I yes. love that movie. Again. God, that movie is hilarious. Yeah. Then in 2003, he was in Haunted Mansion, which was a piece of crap. Was he? Yes, Haunted. He was a yeah. He I was didn't see it. In, yeah. Oh, well, that, that's how bad it was. Oh my based, god. Based on the Disney ride, the Haunted Mansion, because it's after. Oh lord. After Pirates of the Caribbean came out, they weren't trying to expand their ride. Oh, theme. I got you. Yeah, so he did Haunted Mansion in 2003. So that's that's the three supernatural movies he's done. Although, although this is only the, the only time in his career where he's played the villain. 
Mm. The only time in his career. And he's in the smooth pimp, though. Smooth pimp. Yeah, he's smooth-ish. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right, before I get into some more stuff, let's go ahead and break down the the the, uh, the cast and stuff. So, directed by Wes Craven, a classic movie director, you know. Wes. Made a lot, of, a lot of great movies, written a lot of great movies. Produced by Andy Murphy and Mark Lisby. Uh, screenplay, oddly enough, is by Michael Lucker, Chris Parker, and his brother, Charlie Murphy. Charlie Murphy. Roll yes. Charlie around. He'd be all right. You know, he'd be all uh, right. The, the story is by Eddie Murphy, Vernon Lynch, and Charlie Murphy. So they, they collaborated on the, on the story. Starring Eddie Murphy, Angela Bassett, Alan Payne, Kadeem Hardison, Zax uh, Moke, and John Witherspoon. Alice, Tina Turner. <laughs> Angela. That was Alice. Alice. Yeah, Ange- that's in. Angela, Tina Turner, Bassett. My now, lord, I, I am, my lord. Mm. Normally, we, normally we only go through half of like the crew or whatever because they're, they're shit i'm gonna go through all the ones i could find because this was a movie that came out in the theaters it was a big budget it was eddie murphy so i think it deserves a little bit more respect than we give most of our shit let it roll uh, man let so it roll. music mu- there's not a lot though music by j peter robinson cinematography by mark Irwin, edited by patrick lucier production company is eddie murphy productions distributed by paramount pictures release date october 27 1995 just in time for halloween runtime of 102 minutes had a budget of fourteen million, and it made its budget back with a nineteen point eight million uh, run. So it, it made its money, <laughs> which surprises the hell out of me because back in ninety five, that was still like in his heyday. Yeah, he was yeah. a big draw. So that's that's pretty funny. But maybe that's they didn't take it seriously because well, th- there's a lot of factors into it, and uh, one of them is the fact that this was actually his third flop in a row. Oh, so he prior to this he had made the Distinguished Gentleman in ninety two. Ugh. That was that was a flop. He made Beverly Hills Cop three in ninety four. That was a flop. That was should never have been made. I agree. Yes. That movie yes. stunk. They should have left it at two or done something better with three because yeah. man alive. <laughs> so so then he and he has this movie and this was actually so this this movie came about because he had a contract with Paramount and this was his last movie under the paramount contract his uh, other yes. movies for paramount being the 48 hours and beverly hills cop series yes that is correct all, all classic except for beverly hills cop 3 but he only made this movie for one reason and that is so that paramount would release the rights to a ip that he wanted to remake and would remake the next year and would begin his comeback and okay. that property was the Nutty Professor. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. So he now those make, were great. Those were great. You know, sort of brought him back into the spotlight because the first one was a classic. Oh, it was. It was great. So he wanted to make the movie so bad that the only way Paramount would release them was if he made this his final movie with them. So he he came up with the idea for Vampire Brooklyn. Now, <laughs> with regards to uh, why it was a failure. There's actually quite a bit of crew, cast and crew who talk about it. In an interview he did with Rolling Stone, Murphy said that it was a failure because the only, the only type, the only way he was able to do Night Professor and get out of the Paramount deal was he had to do Vampire in Brooklyn. But you know what ruined that movie? The wig. I walked out. <laughs> <laughs> I walked out in that hair, in that long-haired wig, and people said, "Oh, get the fuck out of here! What the hell is this?" Now you got to do it in the Italian. Get the fuck out of here. Hey, get the fuck out of here. That's right. According to Charlie Murphy. The movie was originally going to be a straight horror film with no laughs, but Wes Craven brought a different focus to it. He said, Maximilian wasn't going to have any redeeming qualities, but Wes taught us 
that we must get the audience to care about our characters. And even if they don't know any vampires personally, they would at least have to identify with the type of person he was. Big mistake. Yeah. Big mistake. Now, while it, has, while it bombed initially, which it did bomb initially, despite making its money back at the box office, uh, it has since grown a cult following for some reason. I don't know why. Well, because it actually is quite funny. Well, we'll, we'll get to that in our review. Yes, we, we will. We, we both have dissenting opinions on that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, okay, so I went to the details, went through the thing. Oh, so even though we are, this is a sort of, sort of, kind of um, special episode, this is still part of our season. Um, we right. don't have it. It's the DVD. We don't have it. It's not going to be part of the giveaway. Um, we're still going to rate it the same way we rate all our other movies, which is damn right. A, no mercy. No mercy, which is a reverse shit emoji rating. So, what do we mean by reverse? Well, we're going one to five, but instead of five being the best of the numbers or the best of the ratings, one is the best. So, if we give it a one. It's one of those new classics that you'll keep in your queue and you'll watch over and over and you'll get endless enjoyment out of them. If it's a two, these are the ones you'll watch only with friends who really enjoy shitty movies and enjoy riffing on them while playing drinking games. If we give it a three out of five shit emojis, you'll watch it once and that's it. You're done. These are the ones that that (laughs) are so strange that you might not want to watch them more than once, but you at least want to share them with your friends. If we give it a four... These are the ones you're going to at least mention to your friend, maybe not watch it with them, but mention it to them, unless you have nothing better to do, but then you need to be prepared to drink heavily while watching it. Very much so. If we give it a five out of five, this is the figure that will matter the worst of the worst. You're only going to bring these out on special occasions, and after watching them, you're going to remove them from your memory uh, with some sort of mind-altering substance or some sort of blunt force trauma, yes. um, but they deserve <laughs> to be watched at least once. I always love that. I don't care how many times I hear it. It always makes me laugh. Blunt force trauma. Blunt force trauma. So with all these, they deserve to be watched at least once because somebody wanted to put put forth some sort of effort to get them made. And this is Eddie. This one, Eddie. That's right. That's right. This one, Eddie. <laughs> Although there have been a couple of occasions where we've had, we had to break out a brand new uh, rating number of a six. Oh, God. Um, those are so bad that we can't even recommend them. We recommend you do not watch them at all because you will waste an hour and a half of your time. And that, like though. I said, that's usually to lack of horror quality or, or horror content. It's basically has a horror name, but the movie has no horror in it. Basically it's, it's a waste. It has no redeeming qualities. It has no watch, watchability at all. Um, again, it's, it's been rare, but th- there have been those few that we've had in our system. So with that being said, what do we say we go ahead and get into the review, bud? Let's dive into it. For centuries, they have roamed the earth. Fearsome creatures of the night, endlessly seeking to satisfy an unyielding hunger. Now, the world's last vampire is about to encounter something infinitely more terrifying than himself. Brooklyn, 
Interesting. I've been stabbed, and I've been hanged. Even broken on the rack once, but I've never been shot before. It kind of itches a little. Paramount Pictures presents... If you're hungry, I'll run you down to KFC down the street and hit you off with a two-piece. I already had Italian. Eddie Murphy. Do I look like I would bite you? Angela Bassett. You better not. Not after the day I've had. Eddie Murphy. Everything! Come on! Move it! Yeah, yeah, right. There's a lot of love in this room. Look at this. And Eddie Murphy. Bottom line, brothers and sisters, what I'm trying to tell you tonight is that evil is good. Come here, y'all say it. Evil is good. Right? If he fails here... The quickest way to a woman's heart is through the church. It's actually through the ribcage, but that's a bit messy. Being undead... You got the dropsies. ...won't be worth living. I'm a cop. If you uh, try anything funny, I'll shoot you. Women. Vampire in Brooklyn. I would love to have you for dinner. Right off the bat, I want to say I forgot a um, a fact. Uh, so Angela Bassett's stunt double, Sonia Davis, actually died while making this film. She did. She did. She, I had no idea. There was an accident where she was uh, she was supposed to fall off a building onto a bag. The bag wasn't inflated properly, and oh. she ended up bouncing off and hitting the concrete and died. It was it's very tragic. Yeah, they actually. Oh were, shoot! Her, her family. Her family was uh, working on suing the studio um, afterwards. So, yeah, very, very, very bad tragedy. Sucks, sucks to have her off the bat. But I forgot that uh, that fact going in. Might also, be why it um, only made nineteen point eight million. They might have taken twenty, thirty million from them. Probably. Also, uh, this movie is rated R. It doesn't feel like it's rated R because it seems this seems a lot like what PG thirteen is today. Yes. Now there are an except there are a few there's some F bombs. There's a, a pretty significant amount of F bombs, so a ninety five that would definitely push it to the R rating. Yeah. I mean it would push it push it today. I think you get like one or two F bombs in a PG thirteen. Uh after that it goes to R. But I didn't even catch the F bombs because it's not like it's not uh rampant like it is in Beverly Hills Cop or Forty Eight Hours or anything like that. Um, so I miss those completely. I miss those completely. Actually. Really? I miss all that. You did, huh? I did. I did. Yeah. Hell, Maybe John Witherspoon said the first one. You know, he plays Uncle. Uh, he plays Uncle Cyrus, and he's he man. He blasts one like first thirty. You know, first forty fifty seconds being on screen. Well, I've completely missed that. Okay, so <laughs> we start off. We start off with some city shots, and uh, Eddie Murphy's narrating a backstory about some vampires who went to Bermuda instead of Transylvania. Um, and became an offshoot of vampires down in Bermuda, probably just, you know, smoking the weed and, and hanging out on the beach, <laughs> chilling, you know, at night. He talks about how he, uh, they were hunted down until he was the last one left. And now he's going to Brooklyn to find the last known vampire born outside Transylvania. Uh, this, this begins the first of my problems in that he, he's a vampire from the Caribbean. He's a vampire from, from Bermuda, right? <laughs> Which, you know, anybody who's been interested in vampires or has read anything about them, you know, different cultures have different, they're different vampire myths and legends, and they have different powers and abilities and vulnerabilities. And it would have been cool 
to see him or to introduce those different ideas into this movie and and bring forward the ideas of the you know the powers the abilities the vulnerabilities of, of a you know a, a different a caribbean vampire versus european but they don't they stick with the european vampire which we've seen six and a half million fucking times and so it's boring as shit yeah is that like the african swallow versus the european swallow right exactly yeah <laughs> exactly yeah Anyway, I don't know anybody so, will get that reference, but that's all no. Right. But so so then we're 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 shown uh, the first two of our characters, Silas, played by John Witherspoon, and Julius, played by Kadeem Hardison. They're at the docks. They're watching Family Feud while the ship aimlessly makes its way through the harbor. I call it the Jurassic Park runaway boat scene. Same kind of shit. Like, just like it exactly. Same yeah. kind of shit. Comes steaming in, rusty. Broke you don't down. see anybody on on deck. Just no just lights, it's, and it's kind of it's kind of a good shot. A little eerie. There's no yeah. lights on deck, you know, and it's just cruising it, and it just starts wrecking through a whole bunch of shit. Right. Yeah. And so it crashes into their dock house, uh, and we get our very first jump scare of the movie when a pigeon attacks John Witherspoon. Ooh, <laughs> scary. Well, that's the funny part though is after uh, after it crashes. Kadeem hits the trail. I call him Dwayne Wayne because, you know. Dwayne oh, Wayne, yeah. yeah perfect I know. world. Perfect world, that's right. Um, but, man, there's this part he says, man, you got to deal with the spooky shit. I'm out. And he takes yeah. off and you hear him, jump. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just cusses him and out. Again, I, I love John Witherspoon. This is not uh, Friday John Witherspoon where he was funny as shit and everything he said was, was golden and classic. This is, this, is, this is John Witherspoon who's given terrible, terrible lines to read and even he wasn't able to make them sound better. Well, he did have one good one, though. He climbed up What's on that? deck, and he's like, Ahoy! Ahoy! Who there? And he goes, Ahoy, motherfucker! That was funny. That was funny, yeah. That, 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 that was funny, I mean, John Witherspoon. He was, was... Doing his, he was doing his usual hyper-overacting stuff. It right. was pretty funny, but yeah. And, and, and that leads me to my next part. Yeah, so when they get up, they see the, the ship is empty, and so Julius chickens out and leave while... Uh, Silas goes to church the ship, and, and that's where you get the "ahoy, motherfucker," which is you know funny. It's funny. <laughs> uh, but then he he finds the entire crew dead, and he sees a wolf that runs off. And then you see a shot where you see the shadow of the wolf against the wall, and we get this terrible, terrible shadow wolf transformation into Eddie Murphy's character. <laughs> it looked like wig, a cartoon wig cartoon and all, drawing. wig and all. Even the wig so, was well pronounced in the shadow. Yes. So tra- we transition to Julius getting getting kicked out by his girlfriend for snoring while fucking. Oh my that god, that's hilarious! Funny. Oh my god, yeah. I'm gonna tell you what. I'm I'm just gonna say it right now. I laughed a ton during this movie because it's just my kind of humor. But yeah, that was funny as hell. He said, "Baby, what was it? you were snoring?" But baby, people snore not while they fucking. The way she said it. Get- oh my god, I died laughing. And there, there's one of the f bombs I completely forgot about. Yeah, but yeah, she says it. <laughs> And you know, I, I do want to also preface this. When this movie came out in 95, I was 15 years old. It was the perfect time for someone like me who was A, into Eddie Murphy and that kind of comedy, and B, into horror movies and the supernatural. So when this came out, I ate this shit up. When it came out on VHS, I watched the hell out of it all the time because I, I, I thought it was fantastic. Watching it now, it's not what I thought. It, it, didn't, it didn't hold up the way I thought it was, and, and I did not like it at all. Well, I'll get to that. Anyway, so... <laughs> then he's chased by a muscle car and we're introduced to Anthony and Tony, which that's kind of funny <laughs> to 
two fucking guidos and they're both <laughs> named tony one's anthony one's tony um uh, and they have a stupid ass scene where he like where he he, he gets grabbed by the, the smaller one he's like hey tony what are you doing he's like how many times i got to tell you i'm anthony that's tony and then yep. you get skinner from uh, x-files pop out yep uh mitch Pileggi. And they're threatening him because what was the reason they threatened him? He's like he needed like give them money. He owed him money. He owed him money. money. Yep. Okay, he owed so him he money. Owed money. So then Murphy shows up. His character, who's Maximilian, uh, shows up. He gets shot by the Guidos, and right off the bat, we know where none, not one single dollar, none of this fourteen million dollar budget went. None of it went to this horrible, horrible wig that he has on his head. <laughs> I mean, this this was a major release by Paramount, fourteen million dollars. You've got Eddie Murphy, you've got Wes Craven. How in the hell can movies like this have that bag, that bad of a wig line? On I don't it, know on the main character. I mean, it was almost soul glow bad. It was. I mean, this the line on his head, like they didn't they didn't even attempt to to like blend it into his skin. Like I said, you goes, look at you can see that little thin line of adhesive. You can yeah, see all it the if way you look from close Miller's enough. forehead yeah. down all the way down to his sideburns. It is, and, and as Murphy said, people I get why people said get the fuck out of here. What the hell is this? Because that move and that right there, I don't know how I missed that when I was a kid. When I was a fifteen, I guess I didn't care about like behind the scenes and and movie making and shit like that. But like. That was so distracting. Every time I saw him on screen, the only fucking thing I looked at was that fucking wig line. I was like, what in the hell we got going even, on here? It was bad. But, so he gets shot like five or six times. He gets up, and he does his famous line that you like, James. Oh, the one about the itching? He says, I've been yeah, hung like, before. I've been broken on the rack. But then he says, but I've never been shot before. Kind of itches. And then yeah. he puts his hand out, and he's like, Rah! and at 10-10. Yeah, so he... he, yep. he's, he Runs his hand through Tony uh, Mitch Pileggi's heart, and he says, "Put a little heart into it, womp womp." Yep. Um, and then proceeds to. to uh, now I might say his voice, his voice acting was pretty good at that part. He actually had a fairly convincing horror voice. To me, I, I like. He's a put a little heart. I mean, I mean, he says it, and he doesn't sound like he's joking. He sounds serious, and he rips his heart out, and of course, it shows it to him, and the Guido hits the deck. Right. And I mean, again, again, I, I assumed he was supposed to be a, a Caribbean vampire because he was one of the ones that or he was part of that lineage that that went off to Bermuda and lived in the Bermuda Triangle instead of Transylvania. So I would assume he'd have a more Caribbean accent or at least a, a accent from that area, not a European accent, which it was OK. It wasn't that great, but it was it was fine. But I was like, why you should have. OK, first, nothing. Also, because, you know, you're black, you're playing a black vampire, which they haven't done since like Blackula. You know, you might be a good chance to sort of represent more of like... He makes reference to that in the movie, too. That's hilarious. But then he proceeds to kill, uh, tear Anthony apart um, for... Kill one. Uh, and tear him apart. It's kind of on screen, kind of off screen, but it's it's enough for a kill. And I think that's actually only actual kill that we get in this whole fucking movie, because I can't remember the rest. That's actually but... the first two. Yeah. Kill one was the heart rip, and then kill two was the uh, the, the ripping scene. So we actually yes. got two decent kills. But it was funny, because you see arms and legs and shit flying. Yeah. And yeah, then that, he, yeah, that was, then that was he... kind of comical, too. <laughs> it, was, it was almost fucking comical. Of course. Yeah. Well, yeah, you could tell it was going to be, I mean, it is listed as a comedy horror. So yeah, you knew there was going to be some goofy shit. So Julius takes off and he, he chases Julius down. Uh, he gives him some of his blood and turns him into his ghoul and his servant. Now in another, another oddly, oddly <laughs> weird, uh, 
like coincidence, this is the second time, second movie where Eddie Murphy has played a foreigner who has come to New York to look for a special lady. That is true. Yeah. That is true. So, so it's a weird sort of coincidence there. Um, yeah, when he grabs it, when he, but like I said, when he grabs him, that's when he delivers one of my favorite lines in the movie. He grabs him by the throat and squeezes him, and he's like, he's going to kill him. He says, hey, you ain't got to pull that black little shit on me. I'll take you down to KFC and hook you up with a two-piece. Yeah, that's, and we heard that you in know, the trailer, too. Yeah. That was in the trailer, but yeah. man, that made me laugh. Oh, man. Now, unlike Coming to America, the movie we were referencing before, in Coming to America, it took him the entire, pretty much almost the entire, probably halfway through, maybe a little later on, to find and... and and went over his special lady or whatever. Uh, he, in this one, he has to find her before the next full moon in order to um, get her under a spell. Otherwise, vampires are doomed forever. And yep. then, we, then we meet the woman, Rita, played by Angela, Angela Bassett, and her partner, Justice, as they yes. show up at, at, a, at the ship that crashed in the docks earlier. Uh, we're given a small exposition dump by Justice to, his, to the captain, Talking about how Angela transferred three months ago because her mother died in asylum, blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. Yep. And um, <laughs> Murphy, uh, Max, and Julius show up, and he's pissed because he needs to get his his coffin is on the ship. He needs to get it. Then we get to a point where I had to take away one minus one point because at 1718, yep. they killed the police dog. And they do it in the Some dumbest bitch. fucking way ever. Eddie Murphy looks at him, and this dog shoots up in the sky like he has a rocket, and like t- disappears into the sky. He 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 comes down as a smoking, a smoldering smoke bomb, yeah. and lands Dumb. in the water. You know, and it's like, why? He told That's him right. jump is what he did. He got in his mind, told the dog jump. The jump jumps way up, comes down, and he's yeah. all he's smoking. And he hits, and he hits the water. Do you actually see the dog die? No, but it yeah, is assumed. Yeah, he's not, he's not alive after that. But if first of all, you don't kill a dog. Second of all, if you're gonna kill a dog, make no. it a bit more interesting than that. Than just fucking that, because it's quite obvious. Once he says jump, and it cuts back to the dog flying up, it's quite obvious. It's it's a it's a dummy. It's like a stuffed dog, or whatever. Um, but don't kill the dog. Yeah. Minus one point right there, assholes. <laughs> <laughs> so then Angela is on the ship, and she finds Max's coffin on the ship, and. Murphy shows up somehow, gets on the ship there, and realizes it's he's a vampire. He's a yeah, vampire. But there's like fool. people over the place. He can he can he can turn into smoke and wisp and shit. <laughs> <laughs> Again, yes, because he's a, he's a European vampire. He can do all this European vampire bullshit. That's right. That's but right. But the second he sees her, he realizes that's the girl he's been looking for. He realizes who she is. So, movie's over. Good night. Have a good night, y'all. We'll we'll talk to y'all next time on the next episode. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but then uh, I have this written. In, I have this note written in my thing. Maybe you can help me because I can't remember what the the context is. But I have this note saying, "Weak Blue Cross joke." Something something about insurance or something. I think Julius mentioned about insurance, and then he says Blue Cross, and Max gets all mad and like attacks him, and I'm like. Just because he said the word cross, you're going to attack him. That's fucking stupid. That's, again, dumbass writing. I don't even see, recall that's how, that's how bad the joke not. is. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I see. Because like I said, when she finds the coffin and then she sees, she lifts the lid and sees herself in it and has this flashback, you know, she goes nuts and falls back. And then her partner comes in and gets her yeah. out of there. And then it's like, okay. Then it changes scenes and they, they haul ass. But yeah, I don't recall 
Max attacking. And, and this, and this, maybe I missed it. This I is going to be, this is like a repeated thing where they make, where they have these little sort, sort of supposed to be in jokes that don't make sense because like, you know, vampires are supposed to be like European vampires are supposed to be, you know, uh, afraid of crosses and, and they don't like churches and, and praying that kind of thing. So they have little things like that, that he's supposed to like, not like, but it doesn't make any sense because it's not overtly hurting him. Like just saying blue cross is different than showing him a blue cross, you know? That makes no sense. It's yes. stupid as shit. Anyway, <laughs> they take Max's coffin back to Julius' apartment, who lives in a complete shithole. I mean, it looks like it's terrible. And it's run by his uncle, which is even worse. Oh, yeah. Who's also the doc supervisor. Yes. They, they had limited budget, so they used John for that. I, mean, I would, too. You know, put him as much as you can in that movie. <laughs> hell, yeah, because he's funny as um, hell. And this is where we, where we start seeing the degradation of Julius. He starts losing body parts. He loses an ear and a hand. <laughs> um, he loses an ear on the boat and then uses, loses a hand later. Oh, he's losing the hand. He 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 shows up. Um, this is like the next night or whatever. He shows up back at the uh, apartment complex with limo because uh, Max wanted him to get a better ride. Uh, uh, limo hearse, I should say. Anyway, he he gets out and, and John's on on the on the stoop playing cards by himself and and Julius gets out and starts to wipe down the car, wax it, and while he's doing it, his hand just fucking falls off. Falls yeah. the fuck off. He's like, oh shit. You know, it's pretty damn funny. I mean, he just seems completely unbothered yeah. by it. But another thing is, during the course of his rotting and his degradation, as you call it, the way he's just going downhill, nobody around him no. seems to notice, except his uncle. And even his uncle don't say but, no. Yeah, no, nobody seems to, to find him scary or worried that he might have, they like, mention leprosy. It. He mentions it, yeah. but yeah, exactly. His, 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 his uncle just says, oh, you got the dropsies because he hooked up with, with some skank whatever. That's it. But... <laughs> I mean, especially later on at the end of the movie, I mean, he's looking full on like a ghoul, you know, like his nose and his skin it's is coming off. Oh, yeah. His uncle is still saying that, you know, he needs to get some sun or some shit like that. He's not even at, at, yeah, at all worried about the fact that he looks like this. a fucking ghoul. Yeah. But this is also where we learn where that Rita cannot just be turned, that she has to give herself to Max voluntarily. So he, voluntarily, he has to woo yes. her into wanting to turn so that he can turn her. And they can go off and make more vampire babies and whatnot and shit like that. So that's also because that, that, that happens when um, Max gets in the car and Julius, Julius is driving him and, and asking him about it. And that's also at, well, the, the second bad joke is, is well, bad of the, the bad church jokes, I guess you could say. <laughs> so Julius turns on the radio and starts playing Pray by MC Hammer. And Max gets pissed off. And again, I'm like, that's so fucking dumb. That's not even funny. Uh, it makes no sense. Just because the song's saying pray, it's not inadvertently hurting you. Get the fuck over it. It, it was a dumb it was a dumb dumb line, dumb written, dumb joke. Moving on. <laughs> I feel a lot of childhood anger coming uh, it's, out. It's here. just it, it's Damn this yeah. movie. Damn it. It was way better when I was when I was a dumbass fifteen year old. Um so the cops go to this nightclub owner called Dr. Zico, who's also a folklore expert from the islands. And that's right. Go ahead. No, I said, I really like that actor too. He is, he is an awesome actor. He's been in several movies. I think it's Zakis Mokai. Yeah. Or it's, or Mokai. Mm-hmm. yeah. He's a good actor. Uh, very cool actor. Very cool. Yeah. actor. Yeah. I like him a lot. And he, he's the one that tells him that there's a vampire in Brooklyn. <laughs> my, there's a vampire around here. One of my, one of my biggest pet peeves um, in movies and shows that I just, I, I cannot get over it and I hate it every time. Um, and it happens a lot in the show called Lucifer that we watch. Oh, God. 
Now I'm gonna tell you what Lucifer is a bad. Yeah, Lucifer is a great show. Uh, final season's coming up next month, so. But, I absolutely hate when they have a scene of people in a nightclub, and you clearly hear them talking to each other like they're in a library or something. Like you can hear the background, the music in the background, but they're talking. They're they're talking at a normal tone. Anybody who's even been to a nightclub for five minutes knows you have to shout your fucking heart out to talk to anybody. That's right, yeah, lean into each other. Hey, dude. They purposely hey, play the music out. so loud in a nightclub that you, all you can do is dance. They're, they're, they don't want you to talk. They want you to That's dance. It. But every they want you to talk. They want you to dance and right, drink. Exactly. Every single movie or, or or show does that, and it pisses me the fuck off because I'm like, there, there's it never happens in real life, and yet they do it here. There's a whole conversation that goes well, on at the well, bar. That's, well, that's my fault. Why? That's my fault. I I call I call the damn you know I call the production companies in advance. Tell them, hey, my buddy Chris hates that shit. Keep doing it. Pile it on. Let him. Well, have then it. after this episode, you you and I need to talk about our <laughs> partnership after this episode because that's fucked up. <laughs> I don't know if I can keep talking. I, I can keep hosting with you if you keep doing that bullshit to me because that pisses me off. So I we'll have to talk after the show. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they have a whole whole long conversation. Music's going, but of course. You can hear them just fine, normal, like like they're normally talking to you. Uh, but at that time, Max shows up, and he shows up. Maybe it was fine in the '90s, but it's not going to fly today. But he shows up, and he's like two feet from her, and he just does the best creeper stare I've ever seen. No shit, I was going to say that. It's <laughs> perfect. He 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 is burning a hole through her, <laughs> staring just, at her. I was like, and and she just turned around all calm and cool. You want yeah. Something? <laughs> when he, and he's not even subtle about it he's like a foot and a half from her and just like not looking anywhere else but looking straight at her i'm like man i mean just uh yeah that's that's you know stalker yeah. much but again and again because this is this is a movie this nightclub has a cobra and a tank because that's what they have at clubs apparently i guess in, Bro- in that's brooklyn that's what they do at clubs yeah, yeah, yeah. the cobra gets out somehow <laughs> and goes on to the attack to attack or try to attack angela um rita um, of course, Murphy saves her from it and uses that as sort of a way in to talk to her. But he he also tries to get her to dance So because he, he said earlier that all he needs to do is get her to dance one dance. That's all it's going to take, and she'll voluntarily change. So he begins to get her to dance and fails. Um, because <laughs> This was sort of funny because um, what's his face? Julius comes up and starts talking all this shit about how like he's just trying to hit it and use hoe and all this other shit. And, yeah. Yeah, trying to cop cop yeah, block him. Yeah, and and totally fucks up this <laughs> thing. <laughs> Good one. Uh, but then Justice comes back and says they got to go, and so they take off. Well, the cops go back to Rita's place where he meets her roommate Nikki. Um, and this is where I realize that they're not only are they is it not an original idea because they're using he's a European vampire. They're very much sort of going along with the um the same sort of setup as the Dracula because you've got, you know, you've got the vampire, uh, Rita's sort of, a um, sort of a role reverse from Jonathan Harker. Uh, and then justice is sort of a role reverse from, um, Mina Harker. Um, because you know, uh, uh, Dracula wants to get with Mina, um, who's Jonathan Harker's wife. And then it's when he wants to get with Rita, who's justice's partner, but then they meet Nikki. Nikki is sort of the whole roommate that, Mina has in her, uh, in in that story, I, I think it's Lucy. And I will say, excellently played, excellently played 
by Simba Kali. She is a very underrated, uh, very funny oh, actress. Yeah. She was in Night. She was in Night mm-hmm. Court. Love Night Court. Oh God, horrible smart. Oh my God, she's yeah. a smart ass. And she was in a few other things, but man, she. Oh my God, she's funny. And she was great in yeah. this. She made me laugh the way she was. But man, I'm gonna tell you what. She made me want to jump through the screen because she was a. <laughs> she <out>. was a hoe. <laughs> so I think she's supposed to be like this version of Lucy, uh, Mina's roommate in, in yeah. Dracula. I think um, so. But so she she tries to fuck justice, but he ain't touching that shit because he ain't came for no hoe. You know, he's he's a classy cop. But so so uh she follows him downstairs and then he leaves and and then Max shows up. And Max is the one that bangs the roommate. Um does so thinking or making Nikki think or Rita think that Justice fucked her because they have separate rooms. She went to bed and then she comes about she comes out hearing all this noise and she hears Nikki banging but thinks that it's justice. And so. But that's Max, man. He don't. Max done wax that Which ass. also kind of annoyed me because like at no point in this very short beginning did they at all establish that, that Rita had any sort of personal feelings for justice because they're just partners. They're, they're partners. Yeah. And he, and she's only been there three months. So, you know, I, I get that, <clears throat> you know, you work together closely with somebody, but a lot of times you don't really want to date your partner because it's just bad for everybody. Yeah. And but not at all, and at no time at all did they even like hint that she has a thing for him. And all of a sudden, in this one scene, she's extremely pissed at him for fucking Nikki, which just makes her look like a fucking psycho. Because yeah, there's the no lead up for it. Rabbit, rabbit, my rabbit boiling. Y- yeah, bitch. yeah. For those who don't get that, that's um, <laughs> indi- uh, uh, not indecent proposal. That's uh, fatal, fatal attraction. attraction. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It makes her look fucking uh, psycho, but she's upset. So she so she does what any roommate is upset about when her quote unquote man, you know, fucks some other person. She goes out to her landing to paint. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go paint. Fuck damn him, it! Fuck him. Oh, but this funny. is done because they live near a railroad tra- or a, a, a train track, and so while she's out there painting, the uh, subway comes by and it and it masks all the noise of Nikki getting absolutely fucked to death. I mean, she's yeah, she getting she getting drilled like a like an like a West Texas oil yeah. rig, you know. I mean, and bam. So Nick, uh, Rita can't hear it because the train's coming by. So Eddie Murphy's able to kill her, and in, in kind of an interesting kind of scene, uh, he kills her. Uh, next day, Rita comes out, goes to her room, finds her room is empty, and a note. And I got one quick question. Yeah, he did wipe her out, but how does blood come through a keyhole? Oh yeah, yeah. Let's talk about that. So you want to tell okay, me so, that <laughs> real quick? We're gonna, we're gonna talk about this. So the doors to their rooms are these double doors that have that close in the middle, and they have like these little windows in them. So they're not real doors. Um, but and and it's not it's not those a are like those are like standard Hollywood movie yeah. New York. So when doors. he kills her, blood starts coming out from the bottom of the door and through the keyhole. And the room is okay. The room's the room is not like a broom closet. It's a good size. The it only is. way blood comes out through a keyhole like that is if the room fills up with blood, which it didn't, because it's just one person, or somebody is forcefully pushing blood through the keyhole, and he didn't do that. So why the fuck was there blood coming through the keyhole? That makes no goddamn sense. Again, I'm gonna put it this way: cheap effect, just for. Just for exactly, effect. just exactly. for effect. It's All a no. It's 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 a nonsense effect just made to make the movie scarier. 
but yeah so she so what's kind of cool is, is he um i guess because he fucked nikki he sort of um took in some of her essence and so he's able to write this note in her handwriting perfectly and ask her um saying that she is leaving with this dude that she's found and she's never coming back and rita believes it because he's able to write in her handwriting which is kind of cool that's kind of a cool concept yeah, and the room was cleaned out. The sheets mm-hmm. were gone. No blood yeah. anywhere. So all traces were gone. Uh, and then we get the first of Eddie Murphy doing multiple roles in this film, which he did, of course, in um, <laughs> Coming to America, and he perfected in Nutty Professor. But uh, yes, we get the first of 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 multiple roles when we get Preacher Polly. So I love this yeah. character. So Rita's going to go to uh, go to church, and she meets Rita, uh, Preacher Polly, who's out back in his um, stalker van. Um, drinking, <laughs> drinking Grandpa's cough syrup. <clears throat> his whole, his holy roller. Holy out roller. back, man. He doing yeah, his thing. And so, she, he's talking to her, and then um, she leaves, to go inside the church, and then uh, while he's there, all of a sudden Max comes up, uh, kills him, puts him in the van. No, I take it back. She doesn't talk to him um, at the van. Max kills him first, puts him in the van, assumes his form by turning into him, and then Rita comes up, and is talking to him as Preacher Polly. And he is shiny as oh, yeah. hell, which is hilarious. It's like he's all his hair's all mm-hmm. slicked, he's oiled down, he's real shiny, and he told me like this. How, how you doing? Yeah. He's, he's, I'm trying to think. The voice, it almost sounds like Professor Clump. Almost, yeah. Except yeah. he adds a little more preacher twist yeah. to it. But yeah, but you know, if if you if you know the Clump voices and stuff like that, you know, you know how. And to part do of me it. like Man, wondered if this was like Eddie Murphy doing his version of. The Reverend from Coming to America, the one that Arsenio Hall played. Maybe yeah, so. But nowhere maybe nowhere so. near as funny. Yeah. But yeah, it does seem like a he he looks like his costume looks like a mix between uh the father from Nutty Professor and uh James <laughs> Brown, who he's also played before. <laughs> that is true. Um, oh but, that's funny. Okay, here I do want to say this. This this scene when when uh, they're walking up and then the preacher comes and and grabs him uh, to bring him in the church. To me, this scene <laughs> brought about the only legitimately funny scene in my mind. And uh, oh man, I, I, yeah. so uh, funny that I actually want to play it <laughs> right now because I, I know I laughed as a kid when this happened, but I laughed even harder now when this happened. Um, so let me play this real quick. I mean, does this make sense? Is any of this possible? Well, sister, you'd be surprised at things that's possible. Well, I guess I'm just afraid of ending up like my mother, you know? Afraid I might be losing my mind. You're afraid you're going crazy. That's good. Well, I mean, it's good, you know, to get that out. You can't leave that inside you. If you feel that you're going crazy, to tear people. You got to let it out. What oh. you need is an outlet. Well, actually, I, I, I get it out in my paintings. Oh, you paint? Yes. Well, that's interesting. Good to paint. Yes. Yeah, well, you know, when I was young, I used to paint. Preacher Polly, Preacher Polly, come on now. Everybody preacher Polly, Preacher Polly. Oh, go ahead, Preacher. Right here, coming up right here. So he's walking inside the church. Come on, get your buddy. Right now is not a good time. He's looking at all the icon, uh, icons out there. His hair is smoking. God damn! <laughs> Sermon on the lawn. 
Come on, sister. God damn. <laughs> that got the only legitimate laugh out of me when I was rewatching this, and it still makes me laugh because it's just the funniest thing to see all these people in church. And to and to me, that's too bad, you know, because to me, this there's a lot of funny parts in this movie, but that's yeah. just me. I like this kind of humor. Yeah, I always have. So so then so, we get the um, we get the whole we get the whole uh, necessary evil uh, preach uh, sermon at this point. Um, that was actually kind of funny too, because he starts calling out certain, uh, uh, parishioners on on their, on their shit. And that was actually kind of funny too. He calls out, calls out, uh, adulterers and and, and drug dealers and all kinds of shit. That was pretty funny. Point down there and say, you see him down there? I'm just going to use the name. I'll just say Reggie or something. Cause I don't remember the character's name. He said, you see Reggie down there last night. He was fucking around with his wife with a $2 hoe. Matter of fact, and, and and she started looking at him, slapping him and stuff. And he said, "That's all right, <laughs> two dollar hoe, all right. You can push him to the limit, you know." <laughs> <laughs> he, said, he said, "Ain't nothing wrong, with no two dollar hoe." I was uh, rolling. I, I I mean, that kind of humor kills me. I'm dying I laughing. I actually want to so. play that real quick because that is quite funny. So here we go. That don't match. That's plans and stripes, evil and necessary. You see, because without bad, there is no good. Without light. There is no dark. You need both these things. You hear what I'm saying? If every day is a sunny day, well, then what's a sunny day? Well, the bottom line, brothers and sisters, what I'm trying to tell you tonight is that evil, evil is necessary. Evil is necessary. Thereby, if it's necessary, evil must be good. Evil is good. That's what I think. Evil must be good. Let me hear y'all say it. Evil, evil is good. That's right. Evil is good. Yeah, Take Brother Brown's film. That is, One man, it's all there you go. Tell us stability. Brother Brown was down on Bushwick Gavin the last night with a $2 hoe. Oh, oh, come come you tell your wife, I'm going to go see mama. <laughs> then you go down on Bush Gavin and get you a $2 hole. Yeah, that that leaves. But Brother Brown had a good time with that $2 hole. <laughs> you can push a $2 hole to the line. She don't have no limits. Evil and good. You walk hand in hand. Evil is <laughs> as evil does. <laughs> yeah. So, so I feel like uh, if the movie had been more of that, more of that sort of uh, uh, dark, darker comedy, I think it would have been a whole, a whole lot better, personally. I think, think so. so yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Fair okay, enough. Okay, so then, then we flash forward. Um uh we we get the the Eddie Eddie Murphy character number two. We get the weird Guido Eddie. Um there's this Guido <laughs> who gets kicked out of this uh, uh Italian restaurant who's clearly already Eddie Murphy in, in the costume. Oh yeah. Um but then Eddie Murphy or Max Max finds him, kills him, turns into him. And decides to rob the Italian restaurant where the cops are already are questioning some of the mobsters. Then, it is, oh, then man. we get another one point, one minus point, because because yeah. they kill a cat that's in there. At fifty four thirty, yeah, he ices. He they throw the cat, or the cat jumps at him, and he yeah, pow, pow, it's off screen. Shoots but the you cat. Still see the cat killed, so that's minus a point right there already. Yep. Yeah. And you know what the funny thing is? During this whole scene, all I hear is, hey, pay for my fucking candy. That's all that's I all, hear. Yeah. Because that's, that's the voice he's doing. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, and so, but but what it is, he, he he's he's purposely done this because he knows the cop's gonna be there, and he's using this. He he's talking all this shit to the to to uh, Rita, trying to get information on her, find out what her favorite food is, all that stuff. It's pretty clever. And then when he's taken downtown, he um he causes a scene and is able to quickly transform back to himself and and he's able to get out. It, that is, but the way he does it is hilarious. He's sitting there in the chair. And he's like, "What's it, Nick? 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 Nick that's right. Yeah, Nicky called right. me last yeah. night. Told me you. Told me you beast yeah. factor. You know all this shit. Got her all pissed off. Started a riot. And then as he was walking, he turned and, and put a thought in this one other this other cop's mm-hmm. brain. Says, "Kill yeah. a cop. Kill a cop." So she picks up a a letter opener and tries to stab one of her fellow officers. And while that scramble's going on, yeah, he converts to himself. And they stand up and they look at him. And he's just standing there in his in his soul glow yeah. wig. And he, and he points out he went yeah. dead with. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, because because but, he 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 quote unquote called out uh, justice for Bang and Nikki. Uh, again, Rita, for some reason, is in love with him. We didn't, don't know why. Uh, she slaps him and then she gets suspended. <laughs> and then. Um, uh, I'm laughing because I just thinking about all the Italian shit he's throwing around because it's just to me. I'm sorry, man. That's just that's funny as hell to no. me. Sitting there in a chair cuffed, and he's like, Yeah, he beats for yeah. me. It's this shit. And he's intentionally stern. And it was it was brilliantly done to me. His comedy, his comedy come out. You know, he he, he yeah. was good. I mean, that, that, was, that was classic it's Eddie just, Murphy. It was, to me, it just. To, he had to carry some scenes. That's for damn To me, sure. it was a bit forced. Um, but that's just me. And I totally get that. That I mean, okay, let me ask what. Um, had you seen this before? Not before, I believe it or not, I think I saw it once, but it's been so dang okay. long, I could not remember anything gotcha. about it. So when I saw it to watch for the review, it was like the very first okay. time I ever and saw it. And that makes sense. I literally didn't remember anything. That makes sense. And and I haven't seen it since um, like uh, probably t- 2000, but, but yeah. in the five years from 95 to when it came out, I watched it so much that I literally can remember the entire picture in my head before I even watched it again. Even though I haven't seen it in like 20 years, <laughs> I watched it that much. Yeah. I... But then because she's suspended, she's in this foul mood. She, uh, Max is able to convince her to go on a date with him. So they're on this date. And, and again, uh, um, similar to coming to America where he comes to, to New York to look for his woman. Uh, he gets he gets a, a shitty apartment, but then throughout the movie he gets all this shit. They they gets all this shit and turns the apartment to this like bachelor pad, this fancy ass room. You know, uh, again he does the same thing with this with this one. He yep. he casts a bunch of spells and turns a shitty room uh, apartment into like this freaking loft. You know, <laughs> and I have to I have to I have to pay props. I have to give credit where it's due. Miss Bassett looks stunning in that red and black dress. Oh my god! That, that was a good look. She looked good. Tina, Tina looked mm-hmm. good. <laughs> she looked real good after she left Ike. Yeah. Um, Continue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, uh, so she shows up, uh, and she ends up getting bit. He ends up biting her, and we transition to the next day uh, with Justice showing up at Julius's apartment, um, and Silas tells him that uh, he saw his new partner, he saw Rita leave after staying the night with Max and she was bowlegged. I love the way he said she, she left here. She was bowlegged. Bam, bam, bam. Uh, I mean, that was yeah. funny. Yeah. He's all night. Bam, bam. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he made sure to accentuate. He, he did. He sure did. Uh, that was so then funny. Justin gets called to a crime scene 
where they end up finding Nikki. And Nikki was tied up to a water tower for some dumb-ass reason. Why they would tie her up there is fucking stupid. But she's tied up in a way that is it looks just like one of Rita's paintings. So it's like Rita has some sort of like yeah. um, premonition ability where she can tell the future and she paints it. Like in a crucifixion pose, she's up on the tower, wrapped in a sheet, dead as a doornail. She's she's bluish because all the blood's been drained out of her. But yeah, it was exactly like her painter, which we have to note, she paints her dreams before they happen. So these are things that she painted before they actually happen. So so then he, he goes to Rita and tells her Nikki's dead and he found her. Um, and for some reason, so for some reason, I don't know if you noticed it, but okay, so earlier... The night before, when she was on a date with with uh, Max, um, she she has this cross that she wore. So I think her, her mom gave it to her some shit, but um, he pulled it off her and threw it across the room when they were together, right? And here's a tiny little detail: people might not rec- might not see this if they're not looking for it. When he does that, why doesn't it burn his hand for yes. one thing? Because he's not even supposed to touch mm-hmm. crosses. But it did burn her that's neck. If you actually, notice below her neckline, she has. That's what I was. That's what I was coming you know, to. Yeah, because in oh, okay. that scene that where he's talking to her, she has a, a burn imprint on her chest from the cross. Yeah, which doesn't make sense because he removed it before he turned her. Exactly. So her cross was not on her neck when he turned. So there, there should be no, no. But you're right. Yeah, there's, there's little, and it's, it's not, it's not difficult to miss. It's like right there in the middle of her chest, and it's this pretty bad burn mark, which makes no sense. Uh, yeah, so when Justice is there telling her about it, she gets all horny, whatever, and she's about she's about to get get busy with him, but then she looks into the mirror, sees that she's become a vampire, and her reflection disappears. And so that freaks her out. She runs out and goes back to Max's, and she realizes that, that then at that point she she realizes she's the one who's killed everyone, including Nikki, and that he turned her. So she realizes he's like the one doing all of this shit. He's like, oh shit! That's right, because we, we get a uh, we get a Max and and Nick uh, Max and uh, Rita exposition dump on the mm-hmm. roof, mm-hmm. which dumps the whole background yep. story about her mother, about her father, and all yeah. this, and that her daddy was a vampire and her mama was a human, and she was like, what the hell? What do you mean this that and the other? And he's like, humans, and he's all pissed off, and he says, they killed right. your father, and blah blah blah, and all exactly. this exactly. So. It's like, okay, whole story caught up right Boom. there. Let's Done. Go. <laughs> yeah. And, and Justice yeah. goes back to Dr. Zico uh, for help and tells him, and Dr. Zico tells him that he was one of the ones who killed Angela's father back in the Bermuda Triangle, which right. was eh, kind of cool. Kind of right. cool. But uh, yes, it um, was. Yeah, it's just a simple line, though, whatever. But uh, then we go back to Max and Rita, who um, he tells her she has to feed and um, takes her to her park and grabs a woman walking a dog. Um, at this point, if if we thought the wig was bad, at this point, <laughs> we see the first of a series of prosthetics that they put on him to make him look vampirish, and it is uh, it is absolute dog shit. It looks horrible. Uh, yeah, that's that's uh, that's that's, a, that's an understatement because he ranges anywhere from slight. Disconfig, you know, light, slight disconfiguration or disfiguration, whatever you want to call it, to full on fucking Klingon. That's <laughs> so funny you said that because that's in my notes later. That is in my notes later. Go yeah. for it. No, I'm no. sorry, I didn't mean to ruin it. it just, oh, but man, just, I was like, oh my god, that's how much we think, how much we think alike. Real. It's a matter of fact, he looks like Feklar 
from Star Trek The Next Generation, the Klingon version of the devil. You know, oh my God. If anybody gets that, go watch go watch the episode What it Devils Do, I think it is, Star Trek Next Generation. Okay. That, that's how much we think alike. Right? <laughs> but, uh, um, <laughs> yeah. but she doesn't feed, so he takes her back to his apartment and, and then tries to feed Silas to her. Um, uh, while, while he's trying to get her to feed Silas, the cop and doctor show up, uh, save Silas and try to fight him. Um, the doctor being the expert that he is, the one that he killed her father and, and being a, a, a expert in a folklore and vampire stabs him, but somehow misses his fucking heart. <laughs> he had a wide, a open, wide shot open shot too. And you go and stab him and you go stab him in, in the, the stomach. stomach and he even makes note. He says, this is my stomach. This is my heart. Yeah. You're supposed to stab yeah. in the heart, not the I stomach. You were a... And then he back slaps the shit. I thought you were an expert, him. doctor. <laughs> I thought you were an expert. You're an expert in shit. Um, so then Max takes Rita and leaves. Justice finds him and begins fighting Max. And I'll... doesn't just leave though. Doesn't just leave though. He kind of like Raiden leaves. He whooshes, turns into yeah. this light show, and then wisps, wisps out of the room. With and, and probably <laughs> the most ridiculous. And that's saying a lot in this in this in this movie. The most ridiculous out of nowhere scene when Justice begins fighting Max. All of a sudden, Justice becomes Blade and starts fighting Kung Fu. <laughs> well, why not? He was Gerald G. Money Wells to you know but, what was it? But was it what was his name in New Jack City? Oh, shit, the I, other, I'm uh, forever. Nino Brown. I, yeah, Nino Brown. See, yeah, Nino Brown. Yeah, Nino Brown was Wesley Snipes. He played G Money. But, so but yeah. yeah, he turned in. He turned into Blade. I, I, I feel it. like. That's I feel funny. like there's like a uh, there's a part that they cut out, like a whole part that, or a couple of parts they cut out, where one, you see Rita becoming or falling in love with Jackson with Justice, and two, you are introduced early on to Justice knowing Kung Fu because both of these fucking plot points come out of nowhere, absolutely nowhere. <laughs> like all of a sudden he's he's fighting him with Kung Fu. I'm like, where did that come from? Not that it matters. Because I believe he hit him like two or three other times in the movie and threw his ass around. Well, he gets and he and he exhibited no such skill. And right. then all of a sudden he's like, "We we missed the Miyagi training montage somewhere in a back alley somewhere." Miyagi telling him, "Wax on, wax off, whatever the fuck." Yeah, you know. And he all of a sudden he learns all these skills. All these skills all, all of a sudden out of nowhere. But, uh, it's like he becomes yeah. And uh, but it doesn't matter because he gets his ass kicked because he sucks. And but then Rita grabs the stake and kills Max herself. And this is when, for some reason, after he stabbed, this is when he turns into a Klingon. That's it. Yeah. Yep. He morphs full on into a Klingon. Oh, my God. I started laughing. Yeah. This prosthetic makeup is so horribly bad. Um, we'll have to put a picture up on the Facebook later. But um, yeah, like I, I think because the way the nose is and everything, I, I think they were trying to go for more of a of a bat face look. I think you're exactly right. I think you're right because it very it went very flat and the nostrils were very right. flared. But it looks like a Klingon. It looks so bad. Like they couldn't decide to go. It's like they couldn't decide to go all the way with bat vampire or go human, <laughs> and they went this weird sort of mixture. This doesn't work. But anyway, uh, Max dies. Um, Julius is still a ghoul, and he and Silas decide to leave in the limo. So they're leaving the limo, yep. um, and he goes to open the moonroof, and he finds Max's ring, which it's on the roof. Because after now, when when Max did die, we went to tell this. We had the Raiders of the Lost Ark lit coffin yeah. scene where it was smoldering and yes. smoke, and then this 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 like light goes out, turns into this bird, yeah, and then takes off. 
and then flies off and poof disappears and then his ring hits the top of the limo so then when julius gets yeah, in there so. it's on the top so he goes to close the door and the drink the ring drops in his so lap he, he, he opens the the the, the um moonroof yeah and, and yep. it drops in his lap but okay again they're focusing on the ring when they did not focus it on the entire fucking movie so what happens he puts the ring on suddenly he goes from being a ghoul to being a vampire because he put the ring on another smooth pimp vampire but too. <laughs> again this is another rule they decided to just make up out of nowhere because nowhere in the entire movie does max talk about his ring or the fact that his power comes from his ring his it's it's not the fucking ring from Lord of the Rings. It's it's, it's fucking it's just it look it looks like a, a college graduate ring. Kmart it's a Kmart Kmart it's a freaking Kmart yeah. dude ring, dude. And but all but but somehow his powers in there, and and just because Julius puts it on, he becomes a vampire, which absolutely makes no sense. And then they drive off, and that's the end of the movie. That's yeah. it. Smooth. So that be and the damn back back of the window still smashed and everything. Yeah. But yet now they're gonna take off in a limousine. Yeah, just, and, and a limousine <laughs> hearse, nonetheless. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that being said, James, let's get your review of the movie. My review of the movie is look, plain and simple. I loved it. It cracked me up. Now, did it have a lot of horror content? No, but it had some. I wouldn't normally give something like this that's that enjoyable a uh, one a one one turd. Eh, I'll get that out. <coughs> the acting was hilarious. I love the script. I thought it was funny. Now the scenes did jump around a little bit, and like you said, they didn't tie together real well a lot of the details. So we'll say the writing was not as good. The script was not bad. The lines and stuff to me were funny because I enjoyed the comedy element of it because I'm enjoying the spirit of what we're doing here. So I'm not looking at it as objectively as I am like a like a Beaster Day or, you know, the Bye Bye Man or any of those crappy shitty movies. This one made me laugh so much I almost forgot it was a horror movie on several occasions. Uh, so all in all, I enjoyed it. Uh it was nostalgic for me because of the multiple characters and the different voices and the fact that, like I said, it was like I saw it for the first time. It cracked me up. I'm going to go ahead and give this one a two, two turds. Okay. I'm going to give it two turds because there wasn't enough there wasn't enough horror. Element. Okay. Uh, you know, so it's not as good as, you know, so do, based on what we're doing yeah. here, if I'm, if I'm being yeah. honest, yeah, I'm going to give it a two turd. A strong two turd because of the fact that it was more of a comedy to me than it was a horror movie. But out of respect, respect. I'm going to give it two turds. Okay. I can't give it a one turd because it just don't have that horror quality gotcha. to it like the other I stuff. I understand. The Klingon shit was hilarious. The damn, you know, exchange between, you know, Julius and, and mm -hmm. Cyrus was hilarious. Mm -hmm. I just, I, I liked it. I just, it was the comedy element. You know, Professor Clump meets, you know. <laughs> meets Blackula. <laughs> Major yeah. Blackula, there you go. All right, two turns. Good, good. Okay. Yeah. Well, I um, so to me, this movie was trying to be too many things. It was trying to be serious but funny, and and as we mentioned earlier, like I I think I don't think anybody really got a finalization idea of what they wanted to be because as um, <clears throat> what do you call it? As Murphy said, you know, 
uh, Eddie initially or Charlie Murphy said Eddie wanted to initially um, play him as a serious character, not have any comedy in it. Um, but then Wes Craven wanted him to have comedy in it. And so I think there's too many ideas mixed in that didn't really uh, cohese correctly. Um, it, it's trying to be serious, but funny. A lot like uh, another Eddie Murphy movie, uh, Harlem Nights, which is a gangster movie, but it's a serious gangster movie that just has funny parts to it. Um, or even like a Fright Night, which is a vampire movie. Yeah. But it's a vampire movie that has some legit scares, but also some good comedy in it. Uh, and it, yep. it and this movie does neither of those. As a vampire movie, it's too boring. It doesn't bring anything new, especially the fact that, like I said, he's a Caribbean vampire as opposed to European. And they don't they don't play with a whole new set of rules. Like they don't bring in any new uh, powers, vulnerabilities, abilities, things like that. As an Eddie Murphy movie, it's not funny or interesting. Um, literally the whole time I'm watching it, I, I can just tell Murphy is just, he's just going through the motions. He's phoning it in. And to me, when I watch him, every time he's on screen, it's like, he's mentally preparing his script for Nutty Professor. Like he's not even there. <laughs> he's just getting ready for the next movie. Um, so initially, but saying that initially my rating was at a two like yours. Okay. But after you removed a point for both the dog and the cat death ah. and oh, uh, uh, well, uh, once you take out a point from the, from the needless animal deaths. Okay. And another for the lack of actual comedy, it puts it at a four, but then <laughs> take back one Kadam to only the Hebrews. Guy. <laughs> Who's Ark disease. But but Jehovah's Ark with an I. Okay, so <laughs> I love throwing in useless random lines. That's great. But preacher Polly yelling goddamn in the church was was oh so funny that I gave it a point for that because that made me laugh. Yep. So I am giving this a <laughs> three. This is this is a solid hey, three for me. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> This is one of my favorite parts from from movie any movie of all time. It's just it's just the funniest thing. Yeah. Yeah, I almost lost it on that. Like I said, I was laughing through this whole damn thing. But to me, it was more of a comedy than it was anything near a horror movie. Yes. You know, I'm sorry. Even with the dead bodies, the wolf scare, all that stuff, not no, a horror not. movie. Not really a horror movie. It, it's more like I said. It says horror comedy or comedy horror, mm-hmm. whatever. But it's it was more laughable than anything. It was almost like a Saturday the Fourteenth yeah. kind of thing. It's more tilted toward the comedy mm-hmm. side and not so much the scary stuff. Like the, so. And there are like if you want to if you want to see a really good horror comedy film, and 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 see a film that does both, uh, perfectly, and and is able to intermingle the intermingle both perfectly, uh, go check out Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Oh, that God. movie masterpiece it's a dark comedy it's a it's 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 perfect amount of horror and perfect amount of comedy but not in the way that it's goofy it's just it, the comedy comes from the situation which is fantastic now tucker and dale will never be on this show no. because it is so it would awesome. be like a negative five that movie it has great great effects it has hilarious mm-hmm. acting it's, over it's got an interesting top. concept you know so yes, it does. all right but well I had a lot of fun reviewing this Eddie Murphy movie. I do love Eddie Murphy, but even his shit ones. Uh, 
Um, <laughs> but uh, why don't you tell the folks at home where they can find us and where they can listen to us and where they can send their friends to and all that good stuff. You got it, brother. All right. Well, of course, we are always on. We're on the three big evils. You know, we're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, of course, under What Suck Podcast. You can find us anywhere you listen to podcasts Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, you name it, we're there. We have a YouTube channel. All, most of our episodes are up on the YouTube channel now. Uh, so if you're a YouTuber, uh, go there. Please subscribe and hit that good old notification button, as they all say. Uh, also, we do have a Patreon. If you'd like to support the show, all the money does go back into the show for equipment and materials, such as these fine collection of movies we have to give away at the end of the season. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash what the suck. And we also have a T Public store. If you'd like to get a What to Suck T-shirt, you can go to tpublic.com and search What to Suck podcast. We'll be there. And I do want to give another congratulations out to Scott Carnes for winning our last uh, prize pack. He won the Annabelle doll and some other goodies that we sent him. Uh, all he did was send in a bu- he sent in a bunch of reviews. Um, yes, he, he did. He, we we actually had a good turnout for our our um, contest last time. We had quite quite a number of people sending reviews, so we thank you all for that. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Um, but uh, yeah, you can send any number of reviews you want in, you know, uh, per episode, per season, however you want to do it, whatever, uh, whatever uh, app you use. And he took advantage of that. And so he had so many he had so many reviews that um, he had the most amount of papers in the thing. I think that's why he won because he was just had so many. Overwhelmed. overwhelmed. Yeah. <laughs> so congrats again to him. Um, and again, yep. we have our big giveaway at the end of the season. We're giving all the movies to you guys. So um, be sure to give us a review and send it to our Gmail, like you said. And Keep doing it. Keep, keep the reviews coming and email those screenshots to whatthesuckpodcast at gmail.com. And that will count as an Absolutely. entry. Anybody on Patreon, anybody on our Patreon, Patreon gets extra votes Absolutely. as well. They get extra votes or uh, entries. Re- entries. You know, entries. And, and they all carry yeah. over. So, yeah. Uh, Yep, and one quick yeah. note because I've already, we've already recorded our other podcast, uh, and I said congratulations. I need to let all of our sucksters out there know that Chris here is a new daddy. Oh, yeah. Since the last time we recorded, this young fella here became First a dad. Time dad. Yep, congratulations, Thank you, brother, sir. and I I'm happy for you. You're in one for you're in for one hell of a ride. I'm I am, <laughs> I can tell already, man. It's 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 something for sure. I do want to say also, speaking yeah, my, of which, uh, all the listeners out there, send all of your positive thoughts to James because my boy is working on getting a house. So send all the positive thoughts so he can get a new house, he can get his place. And uh, once he does, he's working on going to work on building a studio. So we're going to have a professional place to get together and record this. Yeah, sound better than ever. Yes, indeed, and you know, plays from my grandkids exactly. and stuff like that. See, because unlike Chris, he's a new daddy. I'm a few years older you than are. he is, and I had my youngest boy is 27 years old. Yeah, so we'll call you a well-established daddy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm well seasoned. That's I'm right. ready, and I got about eight grandkids already. So you I'm are good, good to, go. to go. That's right. All right, All right guys. We'll uh, we'll see y'all. Uh, my name is Chris, and I'll see you on the next Suckfest. Yeah, and this is James, and if it ain't on What the Suck, it ain't shit.
We can sum up McDonald's new crispy chicken sandwich in one word. Crispy. But also juicy and tender. Maybe crispy, juicy, tender. Or one word. Okay, fine. You'll just have to try our crispy chicken sandwich to understand it. Get a free medium fries and medium soft drink with purchase of any crispy chicken sandwich. Available only on the app. Price and participation may vary. McDonald's app download and registration required. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. My dad used to say that. Sure, yeah. It's from Geico. Yeah, whenever I would ask my dad for life advice, he'd sit me down and say, Son, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. And look at me now, a well-adjusted adult with a drawer full of plastic bags I'll never use. (laughs) Okay, I'm confused. Was your dad a licensed GEICO agent? Nah, he was just a real good dad. GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.